This podcast contains sexually explicit material and adult content. Mature audiences only. Listening discretion is advised. Hey everybody and welcome to Pleasure Playpen Sex, Love, and Relationship Podcast. I'm your host Stacy. I am here with Alan to discuss all things furries. So we're going to jump right in, Alan, and tell me what furry or being a furry means to you. Okay, well furry means a lot of different things to me. Um, I like to say I'm the all-purpose furry because there's a lot of ways you can be a furry and I'm like into... uh, just about all of them. I mean, the basic thing is being a fan of imaginary animal characters. Uh, it can be, you know, cartoon characters or imaginary dragons, storybook animals. Um, and uh, furs, I like to say furs, are people who just really have a real deep connection with that stuff. Uh, just about every fur I've spoken to had an interest in the stuff before they discovered there was a community of people just like them. And like when I you know, when I discovered it and everybody else I've talked to, I was, I'm not the only one. And it was just like this moment of like liberation and, and validation. And uh, so, you know, I've been in the furry scene for decades now. I'm what they call a gray muzzle. I got in very early on when it was just beginning to take off. And now it's like gigantic and all over the world. So um, as I was saying there, you know, there's a lot of different ways of being a fur. I draw I draw furry art and I also fursuit as in as a character and um, let's see other things. And, um, and I also have this furry kink, which I try and keep separate from the rest of my furry life. And I'll say the kink is only maybe about, I don't know, 15, 20% of my whole furriness. So I don't want anybody listening to think, you know, a furry is strictly a kink for me because a lot of people think that about the furry scene in general. You know, I see the word fetish, you know, tossed around constantly when furry is brought up. And, you know, I just want to say that's part of the spectrum, but it's not what furry is about uh, in general. I have to agree with that. I think the first thing you think of when you think of something that's different, that has a kink associated with it, you immediately think sex. It's only sexual and that's all it is. But there's a whole different thing where, you know, I've been learning. I interviewed a furry yesterday. Um, so I'm going to combine these episodes to, ah. you know, explain the different ways people are furries because everybody's got their own thing. Oh, totally. So you said you discovered being a furry a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got an invitation to uh, something called a furry party that was being held at the science fiction conventions back in the late 80s. And uh, that was before furries had their own conventions because it was still a very small scene. And somehow my name wound up on a mailing list and I got this invitation. And, you know, I, I opened up this envelope that says, you know, uh, you're invited to a furry party, which I'd never heard of before, but I instantly knew what it was. Nobody had explained what a furry party was to me, what furries were. It was just like it was already there in my mind. So it was just this wonderful moment of like, like I said, I'm not the only one. There are people just as weird and crazy and wonderful as I am out there. Do you do this? No, I don't want to say full time, but is it like a lifestyle? Is it just yeah. a fun kink? Is yeah, it? Yeah. That's uh, I know that's lifestyle versus hobby. That's a big thing. I would have to say just looking at my apartment, all the furry art on the walls, and all the uh, all the little plushes and little you know vinyl figures of furries and stuff. I would have to say, yeah, it's probably my lifestyle. It might be my primary identification. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely. Oh, excuse that, excuse that noise there. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely. Um, very deep into it. I'd have to say, sure, it is a big part of my life. Now, when you say you do furry art, is it as a career? Is it a hobby? 
Yeah, there are people who make their living doing furry art. They're a lot better at it than myself. Um, you know, a lot of them are really in demand. They charge a fair amount of money. They make a living doing furry art, either their own stuff or they do commission work. And someone will say, oh, I want my character, you know, doing this as a space pirate, or I want my character, you know, with the three babes having sex all at once. And it's it's one of the great things about furry. It's an incredibly creative scene because you have people who do the art, you have people who build the fursuits. And, um, and it's all like out of, it's all people's own creativity. If you go to a regular science fiction convention or comics convention, you're going to see a lot of Harry Potters and a lot of Luke Skywalkers or, you know, superheroes. Furries create their own characters. And I think that's what makes us different from just about every other fandom. It's our own, it's our own projections of ourselves. It's our own imagination. Now for you, has it ever been sexual? Oh my gosh. How can you ask such a question? Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. It has been. Um, and I can go way back because I've given this a lot of thought and I go way back to when I was like in my single digits. I'm uh, what they call a gray muzzle. So I've been around fairly long. When I was a little kid, they, you know, I used to watch cartoons on TV and there was one, it was barely animated. It's more like still pictures being narrated, but it was called Johnny Learns His Manners. And, um, it was about a greedy, selfish, spoiled kid. And every time he did something wrong or greedy or selfish, he turned a little more into a pig, bit by bit. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I was like maybe I don't know, six, seven, eight, something like that. And I would watch this and I was just really fascinated. Um, and I started wondering, you know, what would it feel like for that to happen to me? You know, I started imagining that and it was all just, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say downhill from there, but it that's where it sort of all began. You know, so I became very fascinated by anything involving transformation. Uh, when I was a kid, the first Shaggy Dog movie came out and it was just like, a, you know, uh, I enjoyed these things, but felt really some for some reason I felt really guilty and secretive about it. Like I couldn't tell people how much I enjoyed it. I couldn't tell people about, you know, the idea that, you know, somehow turning into an animal or being turned into an animal was kind of exciting for me in some sort of way that I didn't feel comfortable talking about. And, uh, you know, that sort of that sort of built up on on its own. And uh, I would like to say that. So I had all these fantasies back when I was like, oh, I don't know, in my um uh, my late single digits and my, my, uh, what do they call them? Like tweens or whatever. And then, uh, you know, one day as just about, you know, every guy, I guess every person does discovered masturbation. And at that moment, I like to say my transformation fantasies about turning or being turned into an animal instantly became sexual fantasies. It's like two magnets clicking together. You know, they were just meant to join up at some point. And, um, that was pretty much, you know, where my kink started at that point. And so um, I started uh, I started drawing pictures of my the transformation that I was imagining to sort of, you know, see them in front of me and not just inside my head. And uh, so, you know, I built up quite a collection of them. And uh, I used to keep them in a manila envelope. This is really... It was just so perfect. Uh, there was a, a basement bathroom that no one ever used except me. And in the wall alongside the toilet was a built radiator built into the wall. And around the radiator was insulation. And behind the insulation was just some empty space between the actual uh, foundation of the house and the wall of the bathroom. Perfect hiding place. 
<laughs> no one was ever going to like reach in there for any reason except me. And it was like right alongside the toilet. So it was very convenient. And, uh, you know, um, I uh, basically enjoyed myself down there quite a bit. So what was your first animal that you came up with? Oh, uh, well, the first animal, like I imagined turning into, I yeah. think it might have been horse, you know, for whatever reason, maybe because you saw more of them around you know, in the park or whatever. And then it became then became uh, also a bear. And then it just started expanding out until I like sort of had, you know, uh, fantasies about like turning into you know, just about any kind of uh, vertebrate, practically, you know, uh, quite quite a uh, <laughs> quite a Noah's Ark of animals. And, uh, you know, these fantasies became more elaborate. They became more like stories. And um, and I, you know, I built up quite a collection of these things, which I would like uh, every couple of months or so, you know, I would just throw the whole thing away and start over again. One night I threw them in the garbage and I went out to the front of the house and down the sidewalk and fished them out of the garbage before they could be picked up because I wasn't ready to get rid of that batch. But I started saving them when I was like in my uh, 30s and this was before furry came along. So I had all these pictures I was proud of and ashamed of at the same time. And it wasn't until I discovered the furry scene, like I was talking about before, that I also discovered there were other people in there who also were into transformation. And this was like, you know, just an incredible validation. And I started sharing my pictures online and people love them, you know, and talk about a validation. All my shameful secret stuff had fans out there in the world. So that was, uh, that was, like I say, it was just uh, validation. It was like, reassuring that, you know, okay, I may be weird, but I got a lot of company. No, I think that's really cool that it, it gave you a sense of like, it's okay. That, yep, that, exactly. that it's okay to, that you like this, that you're into everything that you're into because other people are into it too. And they like what you are into. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I have, I deal with a lot of guys who like the idea of wearing panties and they'll go out and they'll buy panties and they will wear them for a while and they'll have all sorts of outfits or makeup and all stuff. And then they get, or toys, and then they get into this phase where they're like, okay, I'm done with it. I'm getting rid of it all. (laughs) And then like months later or a year later or a week later, they have to go buy it all again. Mm -hmm. So I totally understood where you had said, I threw it all out and I then you end up starting over because you try your hardest to be like, no, this is wrong. I can't do it. But mm-hmm. it's not, it's not wrong. And your body, your, you know, your mind is, is wrestling with you mm-hmm. with this, this, cause it's such a, in the world is not a quote, normal vanilla kink that is out there. Mm-hmm. What, you know, whatever it happens to be that you're into that's stressing your brain out. And it's gotta be horribly stressful internally to know that you have this and think that it's this off thing until one day you can finally realize, no, that is who you are. Doesn't ha- No one has to know about it. Mm-hmm. This is all you if you want it to be, or you can let the world know. It's, it's up to you. But yeah. Yeah. You know, I really feel sorry for people who had kinks like way back in like, you know, the stone age pre-internet and they had nobody. Cause I, I used to, you know, uh, back when I was still like as a teenager or my twenties, you say, you know, there has to be other people out there. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. 200, 300 million people in the country, even a microscopic percentage of that had to be like, you know, hundreds, even thousands of people. But how would I find them without like sharing this stuff with people who just go, ew. And the internet was the solution to that. Uh, you know, and that's why I think you have a lot of kink scenes, kink scenes now that, uh, you know, 
didn't exist before when people were just isolated and atomized and didn't have any way of linking up with each other. Yep. So what are your current furries or your current personalities? Okay. Well, let's see now. Um, oh, one other point I was going to make was that I've talked to other people in the furry scene with various kinks and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's very creative. People's kinks are very creative. They're very self-expressive. And, you know, I always wonder, you know, I, um, I have a friend online who, what turns him on, I don't know if you remember the Disney Jungle Book. Uh, there's a scene near the end where the tiger bites Baloo on his butt. Uh-huh. And that turns this guy on. That moment is like when he comes. And, you know, I can say, okay, cool. I really understand why something, you know, exciting, dramatic culmination. I can understand why that does that to you. Um, So, um, you know, I I like to say you don't choose your kinks. They choose you. And Mm -hmm. I guess the transformation kink chose me. So, um, yeah, so I had all these various transformations and like stories behind them and characters behind them. Um, I uh, put a couple of pictures of uh, one of my favorite characters on my um, uh, my FetLife page, and that's uh, Mr. Airwick, uh, a skunk who turns people into skunks using his scent. And I really hesitated putting those pictures online because I thought it was kind of gross to have, like, you know, during somebody having their face buried in a skunk tail. It turned out he most popular character. He has fans. I can't believe it. Oh, when are you going to draw Mr. Airwick? You know? And yeah, okay, wow. That's that's really, that. sure, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, he was inspired by my childhood crush on Pepe Le Pew. I was very lonely as a little kid and I didn't have friends and I would watch his cartoons and seem like he didn't have friends either. So, you know, I would fantasize him turning me into a skunk with magic scent and we would be friends and play together. And as the years went by, that kind of <laughs> changed a little bit. And Pepe became Mr. Airwick, who is like a flamboyant, openly gay character and loves transforming people. And um, like I say, he became uh, extremely popular. And, uh, you know, I still have uh, people who uh, tell me how much they love him. People have done people have done fan art of my character. And I say, wow, is that like a compliment? A compliment? Is that like a validation or what? That, that is definitely validation on that. Mm-hmm. So do you have a full furry suit for him or anything? Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, um, no, there are quite a few um, <laughs> fursuiters have skunk fursuits, but no, he's strictly like a character on paper. Um, I do have a jacket <laughs> that like uh, has like a couple of white stripes, you know, sewed onto the back, a black jacket. So that's about as skunky as I get. And uh, I do have a, a reptile. Uh, I guess you call it, could call it a fursuit, even though it's not furry. But again, that's not a uh, kink for me. I don't. I'm not into uh, uh, fursuit sex. Yeah, I know it's it's is popular. And again, a lot of people think, oh, you uh, have a fursuit, you must have sex in it. And again, that's probably a minority interest. You know, those suits are expensive, and uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to stain my suit. But there are people who do it. Um, they have what they call SPH, strategically placed holes. And that way they can wear, they call it mer suits, like M-U-R-R, which is sort of like, you know, kind of a sexy kind of mm, kind of thing. So, um, yeah, again, you know, I, I respect those folks because it connects something very basic and personal to them. And they're able to get in touch with that, you know. And I like to say, God knows I've got my own thing. I'm not going to declare anybody else's thing is wrong, you know, as long as everybody's having a good time and nobody get being hurt or taken advantage of, you know, sure, have, have fun. I'm all for that. 
Well, what about wearing the the first suits for non-sexual purposes to go to some oh, well, parties or conventions? Yeah, absolutely. It's something I wear at conventions. I go to you know a few furry conventions a year, and also Halloween is about the only other time I wear it. Um, it's, it's some pictures of him on my um, FetLife uh, photo collection, and. Um, but I don't wear him around the house. He's, he's too big. My apartment is too small. And it's not particularly comfortable wearing him. So, you know, I mean, when you put him on for a convention or something, you sort of go along with it. You know, you uh, um, sort of try and uh, put that in the back of your mind and just enjoy embodying that character. And it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, to, you know, this is a very evil-looking Komodo dragon, and people respond to him. I mean, people, he turns people on. And I am, uh, you know, I, you know I, I'm just fascinated by that because he's got this very evil, sinister, you know, kind of feel and look to him. And, uh, you know, so that appeals to, you know, people, some people's kink uh, very much so, you know. He, I guess he's got kind of a Dom vibe that uh, people, uh, you know, would like to see themselves uh, being, uh, you know, controlled by him. And, uh, hey. I, <laughs> I see a couple other pictures on your FetLife. Um, sure page uh so do you have other fur suits that you wear to parties and stuff or no no just just that one suit i'm thinking i'm thinking because they're expensive uh god like a uh that suit cost me uh like sixteen hundred dollars but that was already like five years ago and i'm interested getting a a bunny suit because i'm really uh developing a fondness for rabbits and i can be getting quotes like around thirty five thirty six hundred dollars so it's it's a very expensive hobby because it's all made handmade from scratch from absolutely raw materials and again the people who do these suits who are good at them they may have like a year and a half waiting list between the time they accept your commission and the time they you receive your finished suit maybe a year and a half so what's it like in your personal life when oh, well, it comes to a significant other and this hobby sure well i'll tell you um one thing was because I, you know, I, I made all these drawings to like gratify myself, to pleasure myself, wink, wink. And um, yeah, and I realized along the way that other guys were like looking at my drawings and using them for the same purpose. And I realized that in effect, I was having sex with other men through my transformation drawings. And that really opened me up to having a, a gay relationship, you know, not that not that I ever went out and sought one, you know, but I never had like the real desire to it. But one day um, I got an email from someone I knew in the fandom and he said, how are you, you sexy gator? Because I have a I have an alligator persona. I don't have a suit for an alligator, but sometimes I draw myself on paper as an alligator character. And how are you, you sexy gator? And I just, you know, <laughs> like an arrow through the heart, you know, I say, you know, um, and uh, I fell in love with this guy and he's my partner. We don't live together because he's like about 200 miles away, but we spend as much time in the van together. And, you know, it's just it's just wonderful. I mean, this is someone who totally gets me. You know, I don't have to hide any parts of myself. I don't have to sort of explain, rationalize, apologize. It's just this total exception, acceptance, excuse me, that I was I was married for quite a few years and my ex just never got it. Now, does he go to these conventions as well? 
or is I'm, he more into the art? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I like I say, I go to the conventions uh, several times a year, you know, because uh, I just went to one in Boston um, the uh, end of February. And before that, I went to one in Chicago, Midwest Fur Fest, which is like the biggest in the world, like nine or 10,000 people show up for that. And um, a big one in in July, well, actually end of June in, in uh, Pittsburgh called Anthrocon. That was like one of the earliest large conventions, so one of the longest running conventions, conventions all over Europe, Asia, wow. Moscow, um, Shanghai. So yeah, it's around the world. This is something that's like really you know, uh, hardwired into people's minds. And almost every other fur I've spoken to had the same reaction. They were into this thing just from their youngest days. You know, you can't say why. It just resonated with them. Well, it's, I think it's pretty cool. It's just something that's unique and different. It sets you apart. And mm-hmm. um, I think the drawings are a lot of fun. It's it's at a creative outlet. And mm-hmm. it's kind of neat that people are now drawing, you know, fan stories of yours so speak fan art of your art mm-hmm. so that's really cool oh yeah um, no like i say it's an incredible validation absolutely so uh yeah because i've got like um i've got like almost like a, a a scenario or a story or a character for almost every transformation so mr airwick uh there's sorina the love star of the alligator lady um all sorts of other stuff um uh, you know, uh, created a whole amusement park where all the attractions turn people into various animals. So, uh, you know, have a, a lot of visitors there. And people have like, again, people have come up with their own ideas for extra attractions there. And, um, you know, I really, really love that being able to share that with people. Well, that's awesome. I like that. I hope that people listening to this are going to have some questions for Alan because I would love to pose them to him, especially about his fan art. Um, mm-hmm. And if they do, please feel free to email me at pleasureplaypen at yahoo.com or hit me up on Twitter, FetLife, or Reddit at Pleasure Playpen. Thank you, Alan, so much for joining me today. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll talk soon. If I have any questions from anybody, I'll send them your way. I'll be looking forward to that. It's a lot of fun. And uh, thanks again. <laughs>